Paris Society, and you are listening to the Countercultural Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to this week's podcast episode of the Countercultural Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for all the love from from last week's episode. Um, Alex and I sharing really openly about our story and it was so cool that it resonated with you. So thank you so much for all the amazing messages and feels feels really, really cool to like be able to share something and, and have that resonate and flow through the airwaves. So I'm here post kind of production jazz and I wanted to get and create a little intro for this episode. It's a little bit different different than what we've normally been doing. And this is just another aspect or kind of spider leg to Era Society. I wanted to create a space and I have been creating a space And it's funny that a few of you have actually asked for like a communal space. So don't worry, it's coming. It's in the works. We are working behind the scenes to create it. It has happened very serendipitously, serendipitously. And um, I hear you. I have been craving the exact same space. And so, so we're working on it. But in the meantime... We did a live together on Instagram, and that Instagram was inspired by two sessions that I had back to back. And in that Instagram live, I shared on how you can create anxiety free content. So content that creates omnipresence, content that actually, you know, supports and amplifies your voice, your 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 mission, your message, your purpose even when you're sleeping so that you don't have to continuously repeat yourself and that you're creating content that's actually, you know, like valuable, valuable for you and also valuable for your audience. Like a lot of times we're always talking and and talk to about, you know, how we should make our content more valuable, but what about it being valuable for us and our lives and our lifestyles and all the things. So we did that live together and that was really cool. You guys loved that one as well. So thank you for just continuously opening yourselves up to what I'm sharing. That feels so nice to be well received and understood. And from that live, I decided to create a template, a notion template, which I shared and I will link in the show notes below so that you can grab that if if you missed it. And then that kind of snowballed into something else. And I'm totally okay with that because as a generator, I love responding. I love having things come into my space and into my sphere. And I actually get to like feel into it and see, yes, do I want to do this or not? And I've kind of had this idea ruminating for a couple of months, but I didn't exactly know where it fit in. And so to have me respond in a very natural way, it just was such a beautiful timing. What you're about to hear is an audio recording of Epiphany. And Epiphany is a communal resource. It's an audio and visual. So you'll get access to the video 
uh, version and format of this later on in the week. So if you are subscribed to the blog, you will get an email later on this week. If you're not, subscribe, and then you'll be able to keep, keep up and be in the loop. And I really wanted to create a thought lounge. I have been ruminating on this idea of a thought lounge probably since last early summer. And it came to me in a inner vision as all things do. And I just didn't really know what to do with it. So I wrote it down and I thought that it was going to be for our Web3 Discord. And it just like never really panned out. But now it's like the perfect time. It's the perfect conduit to hold all of these questions that could really serve as an aha moment, a connecting the dots, a finding the missing piece, an epiphany. You know, when you just hear something that someone is saying or someone asks and it just creates your missing piece or it connects the dots for you in a way that you didn't otherwise know or, or could figure out kind of just siloed on your own. That's what I wanted epiphany to be. And this specific volume of Epiphany is all about answering the questions from the anxiety-free content video. So if you sent in a question, your question is in here. There are timestamps in the, in the show notes. <laughs> I was going to say the description box in the show notes below. So you can see if you have a similar question to another person. If not, I, I would highly recommend just listening to the entire thing because all of the questions were so good and so detailed. I absolutely love when people send me questions and they include their type, strategy, authority, profile, you know, incarnation cross. It's almost like I can, I'm like sitting in front of you. So we're going to have more of these and they're going to be um, around certain topics. So don't worry if you didn't get to ask your question, we will have multiple opportunities of this. And I kind of want us to have this resource as a community for me to go back to and for anyone else to go back to whenever they find us on their own journey. And it's really nice because all of the epiphanies are going to be housed on the blog. So for a future reference, if you ever try to find another one, it will be housed on the blog and in the future will be inside of our private space. So here's the first volume of Epiphany. I hope you enjoy. first volume of Epiphany. And um, I kind of wanted to just make a home base for these types of questions. Actually, this was very much inspired by one of my past clients and um, dear friend now, Ida. And she had sent in, she just had sent in a question and I thought to myself, okay, well, maybe we should open up the floor to other questions. So I put out a questionnaire on Instagram. I put out a question box on Instagram. And then I also did a post on the blog, Air Society blog, and let you guys know that if you had any questions surrounding the ladders of awareness around anxiety-free content creation, 
that you can put them there and then I would make a separate resource. This, as it does, kind of snowballed into a bigger resource and a bigger idea. So we're going to kind of go with the flow here, see what happens. And um, my desire is that this will be a landing place for everyone to be able to use to connect the dots from other questions that are asked that maybe you don't even have. So this is a place for connecting the dots, finding the missing piece, you know, trying to just make understanding out of chaos whenever we start talking about these bigger topics like restoring our purpose, our prosperity, making money with our gifts, um, and centering our personal well-being. So let's get into the first question. So the first question is, as a splenic projector, creating momentarily, how would I go about creating content in a structured way when I naturally create content out of the blue? I love that we have this nuance of understanding our human design, our astrology, all of these languages of awareness to better help us really step forward in our purpose and expressing our fullest God identity. And I would say that number one, always honor your strategy and authority, which your authority is a splenic projector, which is moment to moment. Now, even with this moment to moment, you can still capture the moment to moment ideas and then carve out time when it feels good for you, when your spleen is saying it's now time to feel good to almost like move deeper into those topics. So for example, I created a notion template that helps you divide your content and helps you to repurpose really, you know, content that did really well. And the whole point of this is so that it gets out of your head so that you can create space for new ideas to come through. And the thing that I'm finding with us as a deeply rooted spiritual beings and having a very human experience is that we do need to have some some sort of organization, some sort of place to dump all of our thoughts and our ideas, our business ideas, our content ideas, so that we're not constantly carrying them and it doesn't feel like nothing is working. A lot of times what I'll hear from people is that they'll say like, nothing is working, nothing is working. And it's not that nothing isn't working, it's that you're not seeing or feeling momentum and in order to feel and see momentum, we kind of have to have something grounded. We have to have something that's like physical and tangible. So as a splenic projector, honor your timing. That's your number one thing. Honor your timing and just keep and, uh, you know, open your apps note, your apps. What is it? Your note app. <laughs> open your notes app. And every time you get these ideas, write them down, write them down. And then even, even better, write them down in the notion template of on the ideation phase, and then go and live your life and see how living your life doesn't deepen or grow or expand this idea and just keep tabs on it as a business owner or an entrepreneur, whatever you want to call yourself, someone that is looking to make money with their gifts we do have to take some responsibility here and, you know, on this physical and tangible plane and do everything that we can to ground our ideas into the material world. This is how we receive money for these ideas. It can't just be off in an ashram somewhere. We've already done that. A lot of us have already lived lives where we were doing that. And now we're being asked to 
be a responsible human being and, you know, take responsibility for our lives and for our businesses. So that's what I would say is number one, as a splenic projector, um, pay attention to your timing, but also write things down. If you naturally create content out of the blue, that's great. Maybe have the desire to want to create that piece of content and then watch it. Watch what the numbers do. Watch what the engagement is like. Are people understanding? Do they want more of this specific topic? And then use that notion template to kind of go further and repurpose that content into long form content, into a podcast, into a video series, into um, possibly even like a workshop or one day workshop or something like that. So you have options. I think that all I wanted to do with this anxiety free content, especially because I have felt so much anxiety in the past about creating content is that I just wasn't watching it. I would kind of like slap it up and make a post or make a story. And then I would expect, you know, there to be thousands of sales. Sometimes that would happen, but a lot of times it didn't. And it was mostly because I wasn't grounded in the um, actions of a business owner that we need to be grounded in. So the next question is, how do you relate this anxiety-free content creation to selling for someone who has calm digestion? Does timing to move up the ladder matter? How do you manage multiple ideas of inspiration while still navigating the ladder for a single thought and idea? Exact same thing that I just answered in, in the past conversation. So I hope that we're seeing a pattern here is that as we are accepting more of our human nature and wanting to be on this planet and wanting to be on this earth. And you know, that oscillates for me, like on a daily, sometimes I just want to like, you know, completely retreat from the world. And other times I'm like, yes, I'm so excited to be a human being. So I totally get that. We, we have off days and, you know, open days and, and things like that, but we do need to keep tabs on these things. It just gives our brain something to actually do instead of sabotaging or stopping before it's time. A lot of times we will create content and we'll expect for that piece of content to be it's everything. When we're not realizing that how long does it take for you to build trust with anyone that you purchase? Or how long has it taken you to build trust with me to purchase something from me, to follow me, to watch me, to listen to a podcast I'm on or I'm hosting? Like that takes some time. So we're, we're building relationships. Content creation is about building relationships with your audience, with this other person. And so it, it really is such a, like almost like a downfall of, of our own doing when we don't allow that content to grow and to reach and to engage with other people. And we just automatically think, oh, it's not working or, oh, I shouldn't be talking about those things. Maybe after like the fifth or sixth or seventh time that you're talking about this topic and nothing is kind of biting and no one's kind of understanding, then maybe go in and self-inquire and look at from all different angles, what exactly isn't working. But if you're not even writing down the data around that, you're not going to know what's working. And then you're just going to end up stopping. So this is so in direct alignment and proportion 
and relation to selling. Because if you don't know what the topics are that are really igniting with your audience or with your future clients, and then you go off and talk about something else because it's just an idea that you had, you're going to keep fighting yourself. It's, it's going to keep being you against you. And you're going to keep walking up that ladder and feeling like, man, nothing is working. But I want to touch upon your calm digestion. So when we have calm digestion, um, I, I'm just thinking about a couple of people that I know and the things that they've told me about this is obviously eating by themselves, um, but digestion and determination, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't just about the foods that we're eating. It's about the people that we're also eating. That sounds weird, but it's about the information that we're digesting and taking into our aura. So for me, I can imagine, actually, I know someone and I had a session with someone who was calm digestion. And when I got into her presence, my voice just suddenly kind of came down a little bit. I, I just started to mirror what she was doing. She had a candle in the background. Um, everything was just very calm. She had tea and we just talked very slowly. It wasn't something that was very boisterous and loud. It was something that was very nervous system regulating. I also know another person who does and practices a lot of yin yoga, a lot of yin practices, a lot of feminine, um, calming, uh, quiet, um, just making sure that the way that they are going and approaching this content is something that is number one, regulating to their nervous system. And number two, isn't dependent on what other people are doing, right? So the opposite of calm is this very, is nervous, calm, calm and nervous. So when, if you have nervous digestion, this is like someone that can sit in a restaurant and everything is buzzing around them. Calm digestion is eating by themselves creating by yourselves. Maybe it's, maybe you have a podcast and it's a solo podcast. Maybe you, um, create content or you have the best ideas when you're in your correct environment. So also kind of look at your environment for this. And then the final question that you said is how would you manage multiple ideas of inspiration while still navigating the ladder for a single thought and idea? So this is a really good question in the sense that let's say you have a bunch of these ideas what is the through line between these ideas? Are they all talking about self-love? Are they all talking about boundaries? Are they all talking about food nourishment? What is the through line with all of these multiple ideas? And start testing the through line first. Start testing the through line. So let's say it's setting up boundaries in relationships. So a, a great way to test this is just on stories, you know, share a story and say, Hey, is, does anyone else struggle with setting boundaries in relationships? Or what are some of your best tips? Like source your audience and ask them, what are some of the best tips that you guys have for setting boundaries in relationships? Test the waters, kind of see if that's even something that people are thinking about. That's even why they're following you. That's even why they want to hear from you. Once you start kind of doing that, you'll see from the information coming in what other ideas 
or what other pathways you can go and then write everything down. I'm just going to sound like a broken record, but please write everything down because it really helps you when you go back and you want to repurpose content. So you write it down in the notion template and it says, you know, I did this story on this topic on this day. This was the engagement. And these are some of the notes from the feedback. I promise you, you will find another kind of entry point into creating another similar topic around setting boundaries in relationships. And maybe you are a therapist who works with, you know, people in relationships. And that's one of your specialities is to set boundaries in relationships. And that then becomes an offer or a workshop or something, you know, kind of like what I was saying before, like this has wings to grow. So this kind of brings me to like a side tangent, side tangent is that what another pattern that I'm seeing is like this fear of success not so much fear of failure, which is kind of rampant with all of us, but this, this deep rooted fear of success that, wow, if I actually, you know, do what I need to do, organize what I need to do, I may actually see some success here. So what do I need to touch upon myself? What do I need to undress within myself to get to the root activation or friction point? I call triggers friction points. I don't really, whatever, I'm not going to go on that other tangent. I call triggers friction points. So anytime you hear me say friction points, I'm talking about triggers. You know, what kind of friction points are coming up when I think about actually harnessing success, when I actually think about radiating prosperity, because that's a big one for me and myself and, you know, shadow part of my identity or like a hidden part of my identity that I'm constantly working through every single day through energy fasting. And I would really invite you, all of you, if, if, you know, actually being afraid of success is a friction point from you, investigate that, get to the root of it, inquire, try to understand where is that coming from? Why is that in my energetic field? And then how can I clear that out? And that's really what energy fasting is for. And it's something I'm going to keep bringing to the table um, so that we can practice it together. Okay, next question. Next question. Um, I was a bit confused around the necessity of doing all five. So this person's referring to the five ladders, the five stages and levels. What if you find yourself naturally doing some, but not others? What if the idea of doing the other types of content feels draining or uninspiring? Do you recommend doing them still, but at a minimum or just focusing on where you feel the connection and inspiration? Great question. So I'll answer the first part. What if you find yourself naturally doing some, but not others? This is exactly what's going to happen naturally. So a lot of the content that we kind of begin creating is unaware content, which is the first level. The first level is creating unaware content because we're trying to test the waters. We're trying to gauge the field of where is our audience at in relation to what we're talking about? Because here's the thing. A lot of times when we finally feel ready to share our gifts or to share an understanding, this is so weird. My earring is like disappearing <laughs> to share an understanding around a knowledge or wisdom or experience that we have. We're already almost a lot of times so far ahead, we're either one, three, five plus years ahead of where our audience or people that are interested in learning from us are. And so cre creating unaware content can sometimes be the hardest content for us to create because we just don't have 
we're just not there anymore, right? So it's kind of hard to remember. I remember when I was doing the vision uh, a few years ago now, was a few years ago, and there would be some people in there who had never had a business or were just kind of coming to the understanding of something that they could offer. And I always told them, you are in the sweetest spot because you can actually remember what it feels like to you know, have a hard time setting boundaries in a relationship. I'm just going to use that as a through line all the way through. And now that you know what those feelings are like, you can write from that perspective. You can tell a story from that perspective. I really struggle with creating unaware content because I'm so deep into my own practice and I'm so deep into business that sometimes I forget and I'll, I will skip over important things. And it's my audience and the people that I work with that will reflect back to me, actually, Jazz, this is really important. And I don't know how to do this. You know, can you support me in this way? And I have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I totally missed that because that's just not the focus of where I'm at day to day. So when we find ourselves naturally creating some, you know, content on, on different levels and not on others, it's a balancing act. So when you're keeping note in a notion template, like the one that I created or any type of template, when you're keeping your notes organized of the kind of content that you're creating, you're going to see if it's top heavy, if you're only creating like solution aware content or incentivized content. And if you're not creating, um, unaware content, um, if you're creating content that is only problem aware content and you're not creating more um, solution aware content, you're going to see that you're going to see that something is off and you're also going to see it in your, um, your clients, right? So some people will buy because they fully are on board and they're right where, you know, they're, they're right where the content is. And other people will feel like, okay, I don't really think that I'm ready to work with this person, but maybe they are, but you're just not creating content that is supporting where they're at and allowing them to qualify themselves. So that's a big point in these five ladders is having people qualify themselves. When we have people qualify themselves, we do not have to sell with pain points. We do not have to sell with friction points like triggers. We don't have to make people feel bad. We can actually sell from a very grounded, empowered, I don't love the word empowered, but like a very grounded and compassionate and empathetic perspective. It doesn't always have to be like, you're struggling with this. Let me help you with that. It's almost like, um, it's very, per I mean, I'm personal view, but it's very like personal. It's very relational. It's not transactional. And I think that we are wanting to move away from that very transactional way of, you know, speaking to each other and, and, and being with each other. So when we see that something is too top heavy or too bottom heavy, it's up to us to start to find ways on and ideas on how we can create content that kind of fits into those ladders. Another thing that I noticed that happens so naturally, and you don't even have to force it because you said, what if the idea of doing the other types of content feels draining or uninspiring? You don't even have to force it. Let's say that you start a piece of content that's unaware. Let's go back to the Instagram story of polling your audience and asking them if they have any tips or ideas for setting boundaries in relationships. 
let's say they come back to you and someone is sharing a personal story of a book that they read and it really supported them. And you read that same book and you're like, oh my gosh, I read that book too. And it's so amazing. That naturally moves into an idea of, oh, I should write an email piece of long form content now moving up the ladder of awareness. I should write a piece of a long form content, an email saying my um, things I wish I knew before when, or five things I learned from reading this book. So you don't have to like any way that you can, you know, give people that kind of shortcut to understanding something is a beautiful way of sharing your depth of knowledge, of sharing your um, understanding on a topic, of building trust with the people that you want to work with, and also seeing them seeing you as a resource, you know, as someone that's like, wait a minute, I've spent some time. I, I've, I've walked around here a little bit. I know kind of what's going on. I can share this. So you, you really don't have to force moving up the ladder the engagement back and forth, the relationship and being an intimate relationship with your audience and with your clients will create this back and forth movement, this aliveness between your content so that it doesn't feel so stagnant. This is maybe someone sends you a DM and you read the message and they're talking about a podcast and, you know, it's a topic that you have talked about in the past, but Maybe that piece of content didn't get as much engagement, like do another podcast on it. Now that's naturally moving up the ladder of awareness. So it shouldn't moving up the ladder. It should be a very natural process, the same way that you get to know people. It's not this long winded drudgery type of thing. I'm not that kind of person. I don't function like that. So I would never recommend anything that has you doing that. And then the third part of your question was, do you recommend doing them still, but at a but at a minimum, or just focusing on where you feel the connection and inspiration? Definitely focus on where you feel the connection and inspiration, but also understand that the prosperity and the movement and the momentum is going to come from taking the steps that kind of feel like a stretch, right? It's not always going to be so easy. I don't love easy things. I love there to be ease filled. So let's say you do it on a day that you don't have anything else on your schedule. Let's say that you do it um, at the coffee shop. You know, try to set the environment, set the mood that will kind of, poor plants, oh, that will set the mood for you to really enjoy what you're doing. Because content creation is a conversation. It's a conversation between you and the other person. And it's all about how you can employ and leverage your um, creative juices, your artistic expression to have that conversation the same way that I'm doing right now. It should feel so natural to you. And if it doesn't, then have a look at where it doesn't. Okay, next question. So I've been debating with myself whether to share or not, because I don't appreciate my whiny contribution to this conversation. <laughs> So I apologize in advance. I recently discovered I'm a right quad, um, right quad or quad right, and not designed to focus or strategize or make money. Basically, I'm a square peg in a round hole, in a round world. I'm very careful in not allowing anything I discover about my path to define me, but I have never resonated more with a part of my design than when I discovered my rightness. I've always 
had trouble focusing, getting myself motivated and creating on others' timelines. I'm struggling to find my place in the world and see my gifts and really don't know how to create anything of value without going against my right brain. And that's not even getting into my incarnation, cross of tension and channel of struggle. So basically my question is, for those of us who struggle to see the value we bring to the world, or more specifically, actually create content of value, what's your advice? Okay. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. And I guess this is a really good place to do it. I want us to really understand that what doesn't free us, we need to become free from. What doesn't free us, we need to become free from. Human design is just as much a conditioning agent as it is a deconditioning agent. It's just as equally a place of imprisonment as much as it's a place of liberation and freedom. And the more that we collectively become aware of translating and distilling these languages of awareness, human design, astrology, gene keys, um, Enneagram, um, any, any of these languages of awareness, the more that we individually, you know, create echo chambers around the translations of these tools, the more conditioning comes in because you have to imagine that this system is being filtered through all of my conditioning and all of the ways I'm trying to decondition and free myself from the constraints and the dogmas and the propagandas of this society of sameness and move into this new era society, right? So if we are listening to someone from a very disempowered place, from a place where we're just trying to figure out who we are and we're trying to understand who we are and why we're here, and someone says, read your chart like this, and this is the only way that you can read it. And if you're a quad right, that means that you basically don't know how to make money. You don't know how to focus. You don't know how to do anything. You're just here to just whittle away into the abyss. And if that doesn't necessarily sit with you, let it go. And if it does sit with you, you have to begin to inquire why does this resonate so deeply with me? Why does hearing for you specifically that I'm designed to not focus or strategize or make money, why does that resonate with you? Does it resonate because that's the lived experience that you're currently having, that it's really hard to focus, that it's really hard to strategize, that it's really hard to make money, and you are wanting someone to finally affirm that this lived experience that you're having is actually really hard? Understand why. Un like, let's just not take everything at face value. I don't care who Raw is, was, am, going to be. That doesn't, Raw, raw is not my God. I am God. I am the only entity in this lived experience that is having some sort of manipulation and co-creation and impact on what I am experiencing. And so I have to take responsibility for that. I too am 
three parts right. So you're four parts right. I'm right behind you. I'm I'm the one, I'm number 15 out of 16 variables. So you're 16th, you're the 16th variable. I'm the 15th variable. So I'm right behind you. And I've heard all the same things. And at one point it felt so good to be just ugh, finally like, yes, of course my life is so hard. Of course I had so hard to make money. Of course all these things. And that felt good only for about a season. And then I was like, fuck this. I am so sick and tired of people telling me that I can't make money or that I'm quad ride. I don't know how to focus or whatever. It's like, okay, while that was so helpful to get me to a place of really understanding what's kind of happening in my energetic field, I now want to take responsibility. I now want to take a choice and take a stance and say, okay, if this is how I was designed to navigate this world, then what can I do? What can I put into place that supports me? Even if you're quad right and you're not designed to focus on one thing, you're very peripheral because that's essentially what's happening with our brain and our mind and our body and our view is that it's all peripheral. It's all right facing. And yes, the world is very left focused. Like we are moving out of cross of planning into the cross of the Phoenix and cross of planning is a very left focused, you know, um, incarnation cross, like collective incarnation cross. But this does not mean that we're just these amoebas with no point of view and no, you know, no way to actually like live our lives. That's complete dogma for me. It feels for me. So my advice for you is number one, understand, inquire why this feels so resonant and so liberating for you to hear that you're not designed to focus and you're not designed to strategize and you're not designed to make money. Understand why. And then part two, clear out any of these outside voices that obviously from your past or from your current that is telling you, hey, you need to figure out how to make money. You need to figure out how to strategize. You need to focus, pick one thing. So all those voices that are coming into your field and disrupting and creating static in your field of truly understanding your God identity, clear that stuff out. And when we begin to de-layer and when we begin to fast from these voices and from other people's energies, we actually redefine what focus is. We redefine what strategy is. We redefine what making money for us means. Because I know lots of quad right people who are making bank, sharing their gifts and their talents with the world. They also have personal assistance. They also have figured out, you know, how to use AI and how to use all these beautiful technologies that we have to plan their days, to plan their weeks, to organize their ideas, even though they're not quote unquote focused. I am a right brain, right-minded person. And I use things like notion templates. And that's why I'm sharing all these things with you because I am right brain, right mind. No one shared those things with me. I was just under the impression that like, okay, I'm just going to suffer and I don't want to suffer. I want to feel like I actually get a say in my life. So I would really love for you to redefine what these things that you're feeling so in resonant with, um, because I, I do believe that all of us have ways of number one, finding the thing that we're good at. 
Number two, making money from that thing. And number three, taking care of ourselves in a sustainable manner so that we can continue to do that thing. So if anyone around you has been forcing you to live outside of your design and you now associate focus strategy and making money from a perspective or a way that doesn't resonate with you, you have full permission to change that. You have full permission to look into your profile. You have full permission to look into your centers. You have full permission. I mean, I already know that you have channel of struggle, which is 28, um, 38, and then you have writing across of tension, which is the same as me. So I, I can already feel in some of your gifts and the way that I have found prosperity in my business and in my life is not the way that my husband, who's a quad left, like so strategic, but I leverage his strategicness. I go to him and I say, Hey, can we have like an ideation brainstorming? And we're going to have one today because I'm working on a project and I just have all these notes in my phone. And when I tell them to him, he just helps me organize them on an Excel spreadsheet or, you know, on a notes app or, or anything. And then I can go back and look at it and then tension the points that need to be tensioned and refined as a third line so that I can universalize that message. So obviously like, I would love to sit in a session with you and like see your full chart and hear all the things so that I could give you more nuanced and um, layered advice, but that's where I would start with that. Okay, next question. I'm deeply appreciating this resource and conversation. So thank you for initiating it. I'm curious if you would speak on this. Um, the reflector signature of surprise. It's trickier for me to get a pulse on healthy content creation that honors my strategy and signature rather than rides the waves of others sampled energy. Also have a 2-4 profile if that helps. Yes. Okay. Let's get into this. Reflector signature of surprise. So I know quite a few reflectors now, which I'm, I'm feeling myself because look, if reflectors are around, that's a good sign, <laughs> especially like I, I got a message today from a reflector just sharing with me how healthy they feel that I am. And that's just always mm, chef's kiss. So as a reflector, like you want to be surprised by life, but more specifically, I, I love the way that my reflector friend put it. It's like you she knows that she's surprised by life when she's not disappointed by other people. And disappointment is kind of just like, uh, eh, flat, you know, there's no life there. There's not really anything exciting about it. Like, Oh, I've seen it before. I've done it before. It's like the reflector wants to feel delighted. It wants to feel like, Ooh, Oh my gosh. You know, there's like this beautiful life. There's a, there's a liveness happening. And, um, when you go and create, content or rather you're, you're asking like, it's trickier for me to get a pulse on healthy content creation that honors my strategy. So strategy for a reflector is that lunar cycle. So going back to the very first question of what I was saying is organizing our content so that we can look back. And the way that I have created the notion template is there's a calendar at the bottom that if you are inputting um, the type of content that you're creating and all the details into the database, it naturally formulates and places on the calendar. So for you, this would be a great place to go to is like every lunar cycle, go back a month and see what was the content that I created? What was the engagement? Like, how did I personally feel about it? Was I surprised and delighted by the comments and by the engagement and by the conversations that sparked from that 
piece of content? Or did it just kind of feel like there wasn't a pulse of life there? So surprised, and you know, and I'm a generator, but I'm trying to translate from the reflectors that I've been around. They, they really want to be like enlivened. They want to feel life. They want there to be a sense of aliveness. So that surprise or that signature of surprise is like, ooh, it's a tingle. It's a delight. It's like, you know, the butterfly floating over you when everything just feels so right. And there's a breeze and there's, you know, just all the, all the amazing things. It's a surprise and a delight for life. So if you're not feeling a surprise and a delight for life um, yourself, then feel into your environment you know, as a reflector environment is so, 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 so big for you. Where are you creating content physically? Like, where are you physically? Is it in your office? Do you need to move things around? How are you nourishing yourself? Um, and then the, oh my gosh, it just escaped me. Come back, come back, come back, come back. Oh, what did I want to say about this? Oh, yes. Um, and then you mentioned a healthy content creation. Have a look around, go and see around in your community because you're a 2-4, when you look at other people's content and you intake their content, what feels healthy to you and what feels unhealthy? That is also a really great way to ideate on content creation. Let's go back to the setting boundaries person, setting boundaries and relationship person. And you find their page and you just love the way that they just you know, like maybe you love their setup or you love the way that they're kind of showing up on camera and it just feels so authentic and it just feels so connected to this, you know, to, to, to who the, they are and how they're showing up. And you just feel such a health around this. If you write it down, write down what you love about it, write down that they have plants in the background, write down that they have natural light, write down that they, you know, write down all the things that make you feel this sense of aliveness or this su surprise. And you're really going to find that in your community and in your network because you are two, four. And then the, the, the two part of it um, is what are you being called out for? What, where are people kind of seeing your talents that you're not seeing in yourself? How can you begin to find surprise and delight in that? So this would also mean that you have a trusted community around you as a reflector um, and as a two four that you are periodically checking who is in your network, who is in your community, who is, you know, following you, who is commenting. And if it seems like it's the same people commenting, maybe you want to create a deeper long form piece of content specifically for those people in your audience about the topic that has sparked their interest. So there's so many ways for us to navigate these things. It doesn't have to be so cut and dry. My main intention for um, producing this piece of content first that started off as, okay, let me actually share with you guys, this might be helpful. Let me share with you the ladders of awareness that naturally was inspired to even get to where I am today. So the first reason that you know, the ladders of awareness even came to be was I was sitting in two back-to-back -back founder sessions and both of these founders, both of them back-to-back -back, like Monday and Tuesday, I don't take, I don't take sessions on Monday, but Tuesday and Wednesday. And they both had their North node in the third house and their South node in the ninth house. And so this North node, South node access is all about, um, for me and, and in their specific situation, distilling these big visionary ideas 
into bite-sized, under quick-thinking, understanding um, pieces of content. And so when I went to their page and I kind of did like an audit on their page, I could see it. I could see so clearly how they were constantly speaking in these big visionary ninth house, Jupiterian, Sagittarian, you know, very wide-eyed vision. And it wasn't quite hitting with their, with, with their audience. Like it, it's almost like they were trying to fit long form content on Instagram into these little squares. And so what I did was I went into one piece of content and I created like five different alternatives. So like five different short pieces of content from that one piece of content from just that one idea that they had put out that maybe didn't get as much engagement. I was like, why don't you, you know, try to test it from this angle, test it from this angle, test it from this angle so that you're not putting so much pressure from your audience, especially on an app. We have to think about the mediums in which we are kind of expressing these pieces of content. So we're not going to you know, do a really long kind of thought piece on Instagram. We don't want that on Instagram. How do you intake content? You want very fun, engaging, insightful, quick tip kind of things on Instagram and Twitter. Whereas when you are going on a long walk or a hike, you want to be able to put your headphones in and completely drink this piece of content, either on a podcast or on a YouTube video in completely, maybe on an email, you are just about to start your day and you're kind of just, you know, opening emails and wanting to kind of get, um, a, this, this week overview, right? So you're not going to write a, you know, a thousand word email. You're just not. So we also have to be mindful of the conduits of these messages that we're sending through our content creation. Um, so long story short, that was a session. Then I was like, in that session, they both shared with me like, oh, I didn't know that. How would you kind of suggest that I go about creating this, these content? And I said, oh, you should move up the ladders of awareness. And they didn't know what that was. So I was like, okay, let me do a live because again, going back to, uh, you know, a few questions before this, um, this was not in my field because it was something that I learned in college in advertising. So I, it, it was something that I was already naturally doing. And they let me know that it's something that maybe other people would want to know about. So I did a live on it. And then that live sparked for me to do the notion template. And then the notion template sparked for me to take questions. And then the questions sparked for me to make this more communally space resource for us into where we're going. So that naturally went up the ladders of awareness. I didn't really have to do anything as a generator. I just kept responding. I was like, do I want to do this? Yes or no. Do I want to do this? Yes or no. So I was in my strategy. I was in my authority. I was in my third line. I'm just trialing things out because at first this was going to be just a recording. And then I was like, let me make it video. I want it to be more dynamic, but actually I don't want it to be alive. I want it to be, you know, in a private space for us to come together. So Working with all parts of who you are, number one, understanding those parts, decoding those parts, and then integrating those parts into your lived experience. This is really where we get to experience for me satisfaction as a generator for you, um, surprise as a reflector, but for all of us, when we're actually working back and forth with our design, and it's not this stagnant and stiff and very constipated way of being, when there's actually life that gets to be breathed in, 
we can begin to see our purpose. We can begin to see our prosperity. It's such a beautiful feeling. And it's something that I deeply, deeply, deeply want for everyone to experience. So I hope that helped. Um, okay. Two more questions here, and then we will wrap this up. This was such a good time. So next question is, I'm new to the entrepreneurial and business landscape. I'm still trying to refine what exactly my offering is. I'm wondering how and where do you start with content creation? Okay. What is the beginning and first steps for a new business without a large audience or following? I have years worth of writings and voice notes and feel lost in my own thoughts. I'm a five to sacral manifesting generator. Pisces North Node in the ninth house, left angle cross of industry. Two, I'm obsessed with researching all esoterica and love altered states of consciousness. I have this massive vision for what I want to create. It's very Aquarian, but it feels so far away. Okay. Thank you for sharing all those things with me because I love geeking out about all that stuff. Okay. So, I want to first say congratulations. You are on your entrepreneurial business journey. And that's, I love that for you. I love that for us in general. Like, I love that for all of us spiritual, you know, esoteric beings, you know, wanting to ground in and make a business and make a living out of this. Like, this is my, this is my North note. (laughs) So I feel very on purpose, on mission right now. So your first question was, um, I'm wondering where to start with content creation. And I really want to um, center your year's worth of writings and voice notes. Start there. Start there. You are a sacral manifesting generator. So that's your authority is sacral gut feeling. Yes or no. Yes, I want to go you know, towards this thing. No, I want to go away from this thing. Go through your voice notes. Go through your writings and use the template. As you're listening to these voice notes, see what's kind of perking up in your body. See what you're kind of going towards and then make a note in the template. Oh, this is an idea for a piece of content. Go through all of your stuff and then go back to the template and see, and and, and this is where you kind of have to start testing. So you're a five, two. Okay. So five is this more universalized energy, but it's also this heretical energy. It's like this, don't give a fuck energy. It's this take it or leave it energy. It's this, I'm not here to save your ass energy. So when you have all of these, um, these ideas and voice notes um, organized on the template, I would invite you to start seeing if you feel and feel into this, you know, get, get, get into this because you're Pisces North node. So feel into this with your feelings, with your sensations, with your emotions, with your body and start. There's a tab in the, in the, in the notion template that says, is this great for Instagram stories, Instagram content, podcast, email, um, YouTube reels. I mean, I think I have like almost everything there and then start kind of organizing between those two. So start organizing and saying like, Oh, this would be a really great introduction for this. This should be a, a Insta story slash question box. And then from that question box, write down the engagement. There's an engagement section, write down the engagement that comes from there. And I, I 1000, like I so believe in this damn template. (laughs) And this is coming from someone whose South Node is in the 12th house. Okay, this is like very Pisces, not about organization. And now I'm supposed to be moving towards 6th house, Virgo, organizing. So I am so 
like I'm loving this damn notion template. I wish I had this, you know, in my past years of creating content, but I would love for you to like write down what's happening from these trial and errors. And the thing that isn't really um, spoken more life into as entrepreneurs and business owners is that we do have to understand that R and D research and development is a very important season for us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, um, as anyone that wants to make a living using their gifts and talents and skills is that research and development is a very real season. And we tend to skip over that. Like, luckily I learned that from my mom and watched her trial and error so many things. And she's a six too. So that was so apparent in, in her journey, but we need seasons and we need to give ourselves times and spaces to trial different pieces of content creation and to also give ourselves and lend ourselves some compassion and grace for this trial and error process. So as you start navigating with reels and, you know, different pieces and different conduits, maybe you don't want to be on Instagram. Maybe you only want to be on a podcast and emails. Like Number one, choose, you know, one or two or three maximum platforms that you kind of want to be in. I always feel like the Holy Trinity for me, for me personally, is um, Instagram, emails and podcasts. Like to me, I love that because I can meet, I can meet almost all of my, I can meet every single one of the levels of awareness through those different mediums, but maybe you don't love showing up on video, definitely inquire why. And then, you know see if that's a reason why you would rather, you know, only have audios or only have podcasts or only have um, Instagram or Twitter or whatever the case may be, or YouTube. Um, so that's the first thing that I would say is organize those years worth of writings and voice notes. Um, secondly, you're not really going to know what your audience or following wants because you said I'm new to business without a large audience or following. That's totally fine. If you have any type of community on any other platform, Facebook, you know, some of the older ones that maybe we don't use as much today, or if you have an email list, or if you have friends in the same similar community, reach out to them, ask, cross pollinate, like let's Aquarian collaboration, like let us be hyping each other up. Okay. I'm, I'm like number one for that. So if you create a piece of content and you know, you want me to share it, like absolutely ask me, share it with me. Like my gut will decide if it's a yes or no. If it's a yes, you know, I'll share it. If it's a no, a lot of times it's a no, not right now kind of thing. And then later on, I'll be drawn to your page. And I'm like, oh yeah, I want to share this, you know, reach out to people, uh, ask to be on their podcast. Ask if you have a podcast, ask, you know, do a switch, like cross pollinate. That's the best way to build trusted audiences. And don't just cross pollinate for the numbers, cross pollinate because it's something that can bring, it's some value that can be brought to both of you, to both audiences, right? Not just for you to gain um, a following or anything like that. So leverage some old, older, more established communities, leverage some groups that you're in, in Facebook, Le leverage, you know, if you have absolutely zero followers, like if you're starting from zero followers on Instagram, like you're just creating an account today, post some of the content on LinkedIn, post some of the content in your already kind of established or more connected community 
base points and then follow some people that you really admire. You really admire their work or you really admire the way that they create content and then, you know, build a, build a relationship with them. And from there, you'll be able to navigate more on trying to gauge where your audience is. But the number one thing is organizing your content because you're going to see so clearly um, what your interests are as a Pisces North node in the ninth house. And obviously you're, you have your South node in the third house. So you're, you know, you're coming from this very mercurial mind, knowing how to create digestible content. And so you're going to want to move forward into creating more long form, deep wisdom based content, which you will do because that's your purpose. And that's where you're going anyway. Um, so if I know that you're, you know, your South node is in the third house, I would recommend starting on Twitter, starting on Instagram, starting with real, starting with quick, quick moving content, content that can go viral, content that can be easily shared. And then also, this is actually a great point that I didn't bring up in the live, but I want to bring up now. And mostly because my husband was asking me about it. Um, He's watched it, watched that live and then shared it with his business partner and it's aesthetics. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why I said that, but I'm so serious. Like, can we please stop making ugly content? Like ugly content can also be anxiety inducing, especially when you do not understand your brand's, your, your brand's visual aesthetic. If you don't understand your brand's visual aesthetic, go to your closet, like your physical closet, look at your clothes, look at the accessories that you wear, look at the environments that you're in, go on Pinterest, make an aesthetic Pinterest board for your brand. I don't care if you are a dog walker. It doesn't matter if you tune pianos for your business. You need to have an aesthetic because this is how we we look at people. This is how we take each other in. Like sensory, through our sensory, whether it's an aesthetic and a sound, like you create sound worlds with your voice. You know, you have a deep voice, a radio voice. Like that's an aesthetic. Okay. It's a vibe. It's a mood. So you have to be able to find what that vibe and mood is so that when you go to create content, there is some continuity. Like people know where we're going. You know, people can, they can follow a story. I feel like there's nothing more discombobulating and confusing to your audience and to yourself when you don't have a container to be, to go as deep and as wide as you want. So let's, let's create the container first. Like I am very, um, like minimal luxury, um, very clean lines, very like wabi-sabi, you know, like that's my personal aesthetic is like very nature oriented, very environment oriented, very clean, very like widespread. I need a lot of space. That's one of like my integral parts of my identity is I need a lot of space. And so I, I like to create a lot of visual space with the, the, the content that I create. So that's another thing, like, please. And it's, and it's not even another thing. That's a very important thing. So if you are, you know, if you're hearing me right now, please make that a priority, um, to find your brand's aesthetic. And, um, it's just so important. It's just so important. So I hope that helps. It's not far away. Don't worry. We're all building very sustainably. Like when you're building sustainably, it, of course, it feels like, oh my God, it's so far away, but you don't want to be burnt out. You want to create from a very resourced place. 
And so take your time and constantly keep honoring your energetic imprint imprintation. Finally, last question. Um, I wanted to, hi, I wanted to ask a question in response to your story. I'm an emotional projector and a music producer. I really struggle with self-promotion and music promotion. I know that my strategy is to wait for the invitation, which I try to follow, but it's difficult for me in regards to reaching out to potential labels or getting bookings to play music. I do not really want to have much online presence, but unfortunately it's unavoidable, unavoidable. Guess my question is how to promote as a projector while staying in your strategy. Oh, I wish I knew your profile. Okay. That's okay. We're still going to get there. So emotional projector um, does not want to cross the boundaries and wants to wait for the invitation. Love that for you. Love that for you. I love when projectors really respect themselves respect other people and respect other people's spaces and their spaces as well, because it's very, it's, it's not a good feeling, you know, when, when you're not invited as a projector, obviously bitterness and so many other things. And what I would always say to projectors and what I have learned from projectors, watching them, like what, like projectors, I watch you guys so deeply because you have something that I want. You are able to create machines and I, I like salivate over creating businesses that are machines and essentially a business that's a machine is like something that you set up and then it just starts. It's a system. It, oh my God. It's like the most, it's like the most beautiful work of art. So I am obsessed with projectors. I think that they are so brilliant. I try to just watch them from behind the scenes and I'm like, okay, how are they doing that? How do, oh, it's so good. So I guess what I'm trying to get at for you is like, what's your system? Do you have, you know, you're a music producer. How can you showcase your music in all the different ways? And this is where I'm saying, I wish I knew your profile. Um, Cause if you're a third line, I would say like, can you show us your process? Um, can you like, I just want to see you. I want to see your genius. And through me seeing your genius as a projector, I will reach out and book you. I will reach out and give you an invitation. Like I will find you, you will get found. I think that's the thing that projectors kind of need to release is like this feeling that like they won't get found. So they have to keep on telling people about themselves. You don't have to do that. The world is watching you. We want to watch you. We want to see you figure something out. We want to see the way that you're manipulating the energy and manipulating the frequency and manipulating the world. Like we want to see that. I, I, it, it gets me juiced up to see that. So as a music producer, I want to see and hear your music. Like, I don't even necessarily need to see you, but I want to see your talents. I want to see what you are working on before you're getting in invited. One of the biggest wisdoms that I've ever heard was from a projector who was specifically talking about, I think someone asked the question like, um, how do we get invited or, or something like that? Very similar to what you're asking. And she said, that projectors need to focus on what they're doing before the invitation. The moments before the invitation are the most important for the projector because a lot of times the projectors are so, you guys are kind of so focused on getting the invitation, but what are you doing behind the scenes before the invitation arrives? What are you studying? 
What are you tinkering with? What are you taking apart? What are you trying to master? What system? Because music is a system, notes, 12 notes on a scale, you know, producing music, putting it together. I'm a music producer myself, so I get it. It's a full system. Learning it. Are you learning it on Logic Pro? Are you learning it on, you know, Adobe? Like, are you learning it on all these different types of DAWs? Like, what's the system that you've perfected? You know, is it an instrument that you've perfected? Is it, what are you doing before? What's happening in the time frame before the invitation? That's where you need to be putting all of your focus, all of your time, all of your attention, all of your mastery in. And then just sharing that. You do not need an invitation to share your mastery. You do not need an invite. And this is coming from a projector. So don't come at me. Okay. This, I am just you know, amplifying what I have heard very wise projectors say that they do not need an invitation to share their mastery with the world. They need an invitation to share their mastery with other people intimately, intimately, like that's giving advice. That's, you know, intimate, intimately, not to go on a platform and share their share their resource. So they do not need an invitation to make a, a reel sharing their music. If anything, that's what we want to see. We want to see what are you doing behind closed doors? Like projectors, you guys are like hidden some, in some faraway land. Like we want to see what you guys are doing. So you do not need an invitation for that. Um, you do, however, and I love that you're picking up on this, um, reaching out to potential labels or getting bookings to play music. Like that is crossing the line of your strategy, which is to waiting for the invitation. But if I'm a booking agent and I go to your page or I go to your Spotify or I go to your SoundCloud, wherever you're putting up music and I can't access what you're creating, I can't invite you. So that's the biggest thing for projectors. It's that if what you're creating isn't, is inaccessible, how do you get the invitation? How do I see you to invite you? So it's really important that you um that you share but from a place that's not trying to seek an invitation but sharing your mastery on a system and you do have mastery if you're creating music you've mastered some some part of the system that that you now have a finished song um so having an online presence yes is sometimes unavoidable uh, unavoidable but also like in in your community like you know can you put on a gig on your own to share your mastery? Like, can you play music to share your mastery? Can you just record yourself, you know, to share your mastery? Like, that's the biggest thing that I get with projectors is we wanna see your mastery. We wanna see the systems that you have just taken apart and you just understand so deeply. Um, and that is such a clear way to receive it and an invitation. So, I really hope that this has been helpful. I hope that this has created some aha epiphany moments for you. And we're going to keep on doing these, I think, two times a month, but don't quote me on that. And we will come back with another volume of epiphany under another topic. Um, you can always reach out and share your questions inside of the prompt and the blog on the Air Society blog and it will be linked in the video below this and inside of the show notes if you're listening to this on the podcast so i will see you guys 
really soon. Thank you so much for these amazing, beautiful questions. There's nothing that lights me up more than a generator that gets to respond. So I'll see you guys really soon. Thank you.